Everybody out on a Tuesday night. So, uh, on a Tuesday night. Oh, we're doing a livey. Oh, this is the best version. Kick a little ass. Oh, I wish I had a pencil thin mustache. It it has no right starting that crazy. No, not at all. This is like we're like seven minutes into a song there. Yes, exactly. This is nuts. <laughs> you just don't write in. Write <laughs> in. Jumping cold to a hot solo. <laughs> oh my god. Show your age. I wish I had a pencil and mustache. Lost the flaggy kind. Too tall for Ricky Ricardo jacket. And an autographed picture of Bandit in mine. I've never been. Bumped to the skinny. Right that left. Sky's knees penny wide. Wish I had a pencil and mustache. And I could tell some histories too. Oh boy, welcome back to the Parahead Podcast. My name is Ryan Middledorf. My name is Patrick McDonald. This is your podcast for all things Jimmy Buffett, including magazines focused on him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I've been looking at Life Magazine sitting in the the little racks at the grocery store my entire life. Uh-huh. Did you ever think that your boy Jimmy Buffett would be graced on the cover I'll of tell Life you what, Magazine? I should have thought that. <laughs> It feels like a natural assumption. It does. I did not think that. No. As soon as I saw it on the stands, I thought that makes sense. Yes, it felt correct. Yes. Felt correct to see him next to the Eclipse gum. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. It's a true blue yeah. honest pairing. This feels really right. And it was like such a great magazine. I can't wait to dive into it. But Ryan, I'm so excited because we're back. We're back. We've been off since uh, mid-December. Let's be honest. I think we took winter off, (laughs) which is really funny. We did our Christmas episode. Yep, yep. And uh, with, uh, of course, Mr. Christmas, Matt Cordova. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, we, you know, have been hosting our show on Radio Margaritaville on Friday nights. And we do spend a lot of time doing that. And yeah, it's it's weird because before we started doing Radio Margaritaville, this would have felt very strange to take such a long hiatus. Yes. But now that we, we still see each other multiple times a week, right. and it hasn't felt like, oh, we should get back into the podcast. It just it was one of those things where we're like, oh, we haven't done an episode in two months. Yes. It was like, oh, shoot, because we, we do do that. Yeah. We, we work on that pretty consistently. And uh, yeah, sometimes when we've taken our breaks, it's just like, oh, we just kind of don't see each other. Right, right, right. <laughs> but that's not the case here. No. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's we love to do this podcast. It's a fun podcast. Some people have hit us up saying, like, I miss you guys. But nobody is worried, I think, about us where we went. I think they no. know we do this. Yes. And sometimes this happens. We're so excited to be back. We're going to try to be back as consistently as possible. Yep. I think we will be. We have so, so much more to discuss. Yeah. But uh, this is something we just love to do together. It's a fun podcast for us. So. Yeah, absolutely. So let's break down the last three months. What have you been up to? Okay, great. So let's start uh, December 18th. <laughs> great. And I'll go day by day. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, no, I, let's do some highlights. So uh, a, a negative highlight, I would say a low light. <laughs> Uh, I did get, I got COVID. Yes. I got COVID and that also was difficult for us. That probably was about a month locked yeah, out. Yeah. You were pretty locked down because you guys yep. got to be safe. And then 
you know, I was out here kissing and I got caught. <laughs> It happened. I mean, it's you had you had it coming. <laughs> it coming. You went to all these kissing parties. I went to all these kissing parties, and I'll tell you what: they check vax, but they don't test <laughs> yeah. at these kissing parties, and that's what's tough. Uh, yeah, I caught Omicron. I, I tested positive on December twenty fourth. Right. I was in Colorado with my parents when I found out. Masked up right away. They didn't end up getting it, which was amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I it was not too bad. A little bad. I feel like I'm uh, I'm still recovering. Lung capacity wise, I go sure. biking and stuff still, and it's a, it takes a little bit more for me to catch my breath after I go biking, but I'm okay otherwise. How are you with the smell and the taste? Smell and the taste, I lost it for a day or two, and then it came back. Good, okay. So it's all good. Good. I'm really, really good on that. And then, other than that, it's been good. I've been uh, my big hobby this year has been skiing. I bought some skis. You did? I go skiing at Mountain High in Colorado, in Colorado, in California. Uh-huh. Uh huh. About an hour and twenty minutes away outside of L.A. I go there on weekends as much as I can, mm-hmm. and I throw on some music and i just shred love it so it's a blast that's i've been really trying to stay out be active do as many things as possible because i'm itching to just be out in the world yeah yeah and it really feels exciting uh oh yeah we were just talking before off mic uh a huge update in my yard i did a, a bobcat <laughs> came by a bo- in the yard yeah i bought a wildlife camera so i film right I film an area it's like night vision too right yeah 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 uh-huh. so a, a bobcat came out and hung out in the yard for a little bit and walked away i saw it very close Whoa. and then a bird comes in every day <laughs> Is it the same bird? It's the same bird. It's some sort of robin. I Uh leave the door open, and a bird just walks into my house. (laughs) Sometimes takes a crumb off the ground that I haven't swept up yet. Okay. Which is frequent. And and then uh, gets out of the air. Okay. So I have a bird friend. You know, I I feel like you are slowly trying to land into a kind of snow white sort of <laughs> lifestyle. I, certainly I, I feel like you're going to slowly start <laughs> training these birds to dress you in the morning. Yeah, to, yeah, 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 you're yeah. going to teach all these critters to do the dishes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what would I have a bird do? Yeah, I've, Dishes would be great. I, I want to see you train one bird to dress you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just doing its very best. It's got to be a big bird. It's got to be like an ostrich. <laughs> you're going to come over and an ostrich is going to be putting a coat on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna say what happened here? <laughs> yeah, so that's. I think that's it. I mean, I we can be as long-winded as we want. We have been before, and it's <laughs> only turned some people away. Sure, uh, but I, I, I don't think there's much else to report. You okay. know, just excited that that uh, COVID is, seems to be dying down. Hoping a new variant won't swerve us. Yes, yes, fingers but, crossed. Yeah, but it feels fun in the world. I like, I like going out. We uh, through SiriusXM. Went to a John Mayer concert that was unbelievable. Yes, with our buddy Drew Tarver, Piccadilly yes. Electric. Piccadilly Electric <laughs> himself joined us at uh, the Sirius XM. It was like a private concert uh, for winners of a contest. And yeah. we got him through some perks. Through some perks, baby. Should we play? We should play a little video. Did you take a video? I think I took some videos. Did you okay. take some audio? I think I might have. I Let's don't remember. Let's see it. I should have thought about this before. I think I just took photos. Okay. It was such a good concert though we were talking before we were wondering you know is this going to be a quick like 30 minute thing but no he performed an entire concert um soup to nuts it was the unbelievable entire show was like an hour and a half mm-hmm. um it was so much fun he played a lot of newer stuff which was great a lot of stuff that i hadn't heard yet and he played some uh, some older hits. He did. It, it was really, really great. It felt like, I, I described this in the best way possible. It felt like the type of video 
or it felt like the type of show that was a you know a video of when you go into a Best Buy and they're showing off the sound system. <laughs> yes. They're like, look at the Dolby system, and there's this live concert on TV. It felt like I was at one of those. Uh-huh. It was so beautiful <laughs> and it was so incredible. And there were also chips there. Yes, it was sponsored by Lay's. I yeah, say. sponsored by Lay's. Sponsored by Lay's. So they had a Lay's booth. Yep. And I believe it was Drew that said we should go get some Lay's. Yes. And here's the big thing. Yeah. A woman came up to us and knew who we were. Yeah, yeah, or had heard our names before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And she disappeared. So if you're her, give me a call and let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know anything else. <laughs> you uh, you own a house in Joshua Tree and you love Jimmy Buffett. That's right. my life. That was That's the, my life I want. That was the craziest thing is she seemed like she was a, a fairly rich woman. <laughs> <laughs> Who just casually listens to Jimmy Buffett at her house in Joshua Tree. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> he's he's for everybody. Yeah, she said that she would go. She has a karaoke machine, and her friend wanted to play a song, and she just ended up always playing Jimmy Buffett and forcing her friends to sing Jimmy Buffett. Yes. Instead of whatever song they wanted. Which to sounds play. like a dream. It's the best. It's the best. That's, I got to pull that trick. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett Oki. Jimmy Oki. Yeah, I just sent you a video. Yes. Of, it's John Mayer and the uh, one of his musicians that he was playing with who came out with a keytar. This guy. This guy was so incredible. I caught the end of this duet. This is jumping right in the middle of the song. But they were going back and forth. It was like a dueling guitar versus a keytar. Yeah. And it was incredible. Let's check so it let's out. Let's give it a listen. Yeah. I mean, come on. Incredible. And so great. To be clear, as soon as the guitar man finished, he walked off the stage just confidently. Never to be seen Never again. Never to be seen again. <laughs> we think he got in his car. We think yeah. he lives on the west side and he yeah. drove home. Yeah. He, he went had back to get to, out. <laughs> he went back to Playa Vista. Yes. He was done. Um, Such a great show. I had a blast. It was, I believe, John Mayer's first show back since the pandemic and he didn't miss a beat no he was incredible incredible it was an amazing show to see and so cool to see him live yeah yeah had you ever seen him live before i saw him with dead and co okay yeah but i was right. mostly emotionally scarred from being yelled at right there so i wasn't yelled at here that was pretty no. exciting for us it was a very <laughs> yeah it was a really nice crowd it was at the palladium yeah um they had uh cameras there so i believe m- most of it if not all of it was filmed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with that. If you look on YouTube, probably search for like Sirius XM, John Mayer, there is an interview that he also did with Andy Cohen who introduced the show that's very good too. Amazing. It's I got to watch that. You watched it. I watched it. It's good. It's really good. It. Great. Yeah. Ryan, how have you been? I've been good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, uh, I, I have not caught COVID, which I'm very surprised. I've been around a ton of people that, have had COVID. I have mm-hmm. not caught it. You're talking um, to him. Yes. <laughs> but I've been around people that, ha- like, while they 
had COVID. I was in the same room. Wow. And I have not caught COVID. You're blessed. I guess. I don't know why. Wow. Um. So I, so far. Do you feel self-conscious that COVID doesn't want you? Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, one day. Um, yeah, I, I guarantee that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's, I think for sure. Yeah, that should be just like COVID one day. <laughs> one day. Get you that shirt. One day. Um, And then uh, what else have I been up to? Well, it was your birthday last week. I was going to say, yes, it was my birthday last week. I turned 31 and um, I am trying to be better. I feel like throughout the course of the last two years, uh, I, like most people, I think have gotten a little lazy in terms of taking care of myself and exercise. Mm, yeah. Uh so I I I'm really really trying this year to be more active, get outside more. So I'm taking the dogs on two walks a day now. Great. Which is great. They love it. I love it. They get real tired and just sleep all day, which is perfect. <laughs> nice. Have you joined Strava yet? I told you about that. I haven't. I need to. Strava's need to. an app. It's like social media, but just for exercise. It only posts when you go on a walk or a hike or, or a run or a yeah. bike ride or whatever. Which so is my kind of social media. It's the best. Yeah. And, all, and, and you really can't even respond to people. They just get to give you kudos and say, great job. It's all, so it's all positive. It's all positive. Great. And it's a blast. I'm on Strava. You can go find me on Strava, Patrick McDonald's. Uh, follow me. See what kind of walks I get into. <laughs> I, I post and you can details. take pictures of the walks too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, cool. I went on a. There's a, a a post the other day. I had a three hawk day. I saw three hawks. Three hawks. So I took all the photos and I put them up there. You can see wow. my hawks. Wow. I went to Universal Studios on a hawk. Uh, on a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You and these freaking animals. <laughs> they took me. <laughs> I'm snow whiting. You just go outside, you reach your hand up into the air, and then one just picks you up. Yep, me and a hawk went on the Transformers ride together. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I I went on a walk there to Universal Studios. Uh You can read all about that. They got rid of single rider, which is really controversial for me. They did. Yeah, because I'm not gonna stand by myself in line at the mummy for 75 minutes. (laughs) So what's the point of my hike? I went to um was when Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland first opened, and I went with Olivia and her family. And at the time, they just had one ride, which was the Smuggler's Run Millennium Falcon ride. Mm-hmm. And the line was like 90 minutes or something like that. But they had single rider set up. It was still like 45 minutes. And I remember we were there, and her dad came up to me and he said, You want to see some fucked up shit? <laughs> I said, okay, and we walk into the single rider line, and then he takes a hard left, which you're not supposed to do, and goes in this, like, employee section and up these stairs through these double doors, and you wind up at the very beginning of the line. No way. So we did that, like, three times in a row. Wow. Nobody said anything. Yo, so you kept sneaking in? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. It's very, very That fun. is some fucked up shit. It is some fucked up See, shit. See, but you can't do that at Universal anymore. No, that's crazy. So be careful. So okay. go on those walks. But you've been going on your walks. That's so exciting. Going on my walks, trying to eat healthier, cooking a lot more. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been good. I, f- I feel better. I feel like I'm getting better rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm turning a corner. 31. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm meeting you there. I'm trying to do that too. Yes. Um. Well, and on the opposite end of that, how's the grog log going? 
yeah. The grog log is going great. Okay, good. Um, yeah, for those that need a refresher, the grog log is a personal challenge that I do with uh, uh, my buddy Ryan Count's house, where we're trying to drink 78 tiki drinks in 18 months. <laughs> It's not the healthiest thing to do. It feels very silly to talk about this as uh, something that I want to accomplish. <laughs> but we are working our way through. How many months left do you have? Uh, uh, September. We'll, we'll be up in September. So okay. I've got like seven months left. Okay. Um, and we're over a quarter of the way done. Great. So we're, we're getting there slowly, but we need to Great. catch up. You well. Know? It was your birthday, and on honor of your yeah. birthday, I did I did get you something. Oh so I wanted. Gosh. Speaking of that, I wanted to I wanted to show you what I got you. Okay, okay. This is your little birthday gift. We're doing a, a very exciting in the podcast world. A live ungift, a box ungifting, yes, ungifting, ungift, okay. uh, uh, not ungifting, a box gifting opening. <laughs> I'm opening this. So box. take a look. Okay. Here, I'll give you. Thank take you. This. Okay. This is a two parter. Oh, so it's a two parter. Yeah, yeah. You do that, and I'll open the second. Part. Okay. It's very bubble wrap. Night yeah, here. Very bubble wrap. I didn't prep this at all. <laughs> all right, this is yeah. Well, I won't say anything until you finish this. Okay. We got to keep all this in. This is riveting, riveting audio. Ooh, this is good for the ASMR heads. This is our special Beardhead Podcast <laughs> ASMR. Oh, that feel. Ooh, that's nice. Good for the tinglies. Oh. It's a tiki mug, wow. and then here you go on the top. It's a rocket ship tiki mug. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we uh, are wow. huge fans, obviously, here on the Parrothead Podcast of Jimmy Buffett's Space Songs. This so is I thought, amazing. Oh, I'm glad you like it. I thought oh I'd get God. you a fun little space. What does it say on it? It says Mahalo on it. It says Mahalo. It's a rocket. Oh, my God, buddy. This is amazing. Oh, it so is. You thank like you it. so much. Of course. Let me take a photo of you with it, and I'll put it on here. our social. There you go. There we go. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Well, mahalo. Mahalo. It is a yeah. beautiful glass tiki mug uh, rocket ship, and the uh, top of the tiki mug is the rocket cone. It comes off, and there's a hole for a straw. Yeah. I think I, it looks really cool. It looks so cool. I got. I did get a little wrapped up into the buying of tiki mugs on, you know, I got this on Etsy, and uh -huh. I got really wrapped up in that. I think this is new. It's not used on Etsy. Etsy has um, some really great tiki mugs. Some weird stuff. They do. Tiki mugs get weird as hell. The tiki mug culture is insane. There are, uh, there are tiki mugs where people will create the um, the, uh, the the molds yeah. for the mug, and they will sell very limited quantities. And then when they sell out, they will smash the mold, never to be made no again. No way. Yeah. Really. Yeah. There's this company on Etsy, I think, called Pie Eyed Tiki's, and they make these really beautiful tiki mugs. Very expensive, very limited quantities, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they smash the molds. That's crazy, and yeah. they're just like they all look like they'll possess you. They're like yes. haunted freaks. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I could have gotten you a haunted freak, but I thought Ryan feels like a rocket ship. This tiki. is perfect. I, I have so I have a tiki mug collection, and this is the perfect addition. So oh, thank good. you. Of course, very much. Of course. Happy birthday to you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. It thank looks you. good in person. It looks really I'm good. Happy about it. Yeah, Great. I love this. So check our social. I will post this probably, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, Patty, what are you listening to? Oh man, 
Uh, I have been listening to so much. I've had I've gone through quite a musical journey lately. Yeah. Uh, I fell into some jazz, and I'll tell you what. You fell into some I jazz. I fell into jazz as a white man getting into jazz. I thought it would never happen to me. Uh-huh. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You think it's not going to happen. You yeah. say, I can't be that. And then and one then day. One day, literally like a light switch, you're like, oh, all I listen to is jazz. I'm a jazz boy. I listen to the love theme from Spartacus. Yeah. Uh, by... Yusuf Latif, I think his name, and then I fell into some other stuff, and I was uh, on Spotify going back and forth. Uh oh, you're blowing oh, up. I'm blowing up. Sorry, guys. Wait one second. Okay, so I listened to the love theme from Spartacus, and then it was a radio that led me to some other stuff, and then uh-huh. I got to, into uh, this guitarist named Gabor Zabo or Gabor Sabo or Gabor Jabo. I don't know how you say his name. Uh huh. Got really into him, and then I followed this trail into uh, Zamrock, which is 1970s Zambian rock. I've was, never heard of this. It was a it was a rock music explosion in Africa in okay. the 1970s that spawned a lot of uh, funk and psychedelic music and stuff like that, and early hip hop and stuff like that that led into. But it's like African folk rock is this the same type that like inspired paul simon during graceland i don't believe so okay i think it's a, its own it's thing. own thing okay so i i want to play this one song that i love it's called kala my friend by amanaz and they're part of zamrock and uh it's my new i'm obsessed with it it's like my favorite music uh of all time so i wanted to play not my of all time I'm obviously hosting a Jimmy Buffett podcast. <laughs> but this is my current obsession and i listen to it all the time kala my friend let's give it a listen quality to it. I know, it. it's cool, right? It's really cool. It's very funky and cool. It's like definitely like early psychedelic rock vibes yeah. as well. Uh, so I'm just sitting out here in the woods letting birds walk into my house listening to <laughs> Sam Rock. <laughs> That's where I'm at this year. I love it. <laughs> That's my I 2022 vibe. Uh, what about you, Ryan? What are you listening to? So, uh, you know, one of our Faves on the show, uh, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff. Oh yeah, big big Nathaniel fan. Big Nathaniel fan. He created, or I I don't quite know what this is. It's it's an EP. It's Nathaniel and Willie Nelson's called the Marigold Singles. Okay. Um, have you heard this? I haven't heard this yet. 
he did this song that I just heard today. This came out last year, but I just heard this today called Willie's Birthday Song. Mm. I guess he wrote for Willie Nelson for his birthday. Oh. It's very sweet. Okay. And I love it. This is part of an EP. Uh, the first song is called uh, It's Not Supposed to Be That Way, um, which is terrific. And then this is just Nathaniel, but it's a birthday song for Willie Nelson. Mm. So I've been trying to dive into more Willie Nelson. We've talked off mic before. We've said that if we ever did another podcast about a musician, that it would probably be Willie Nelson. We'd go deep on Willie. We'd yeah. go album by album. Yep. We'd, we'd crash into his fan base. They'd hate us for a while, and then they'd like us because we're committing hard. Yes, and then we would get jobs on his radio station on Sirius XM. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> we're just going to infiltrate all of the Sirius XM radio stations. Absolutely. Um, so this is called Willie's Birthday Song. Let's check it out. a song we wrote for a good friend of ours we all feel he's done a lot for us a lot for the world I hope you enjoy it we'd love for you to sing along pass me that joint it's Willie's birthday wipe away all of your tears well the world's gone crazy but we still got Willie and all the good things he's done for us here It was 75, the time of the preacher, when the red-headed stranger appeared. Rode into town, blue eyes are shining, his memory is measured in tears. Hey, Nashville, hey, Austin, he's playing the songs the old dear. How far all of these years? So pass me that joint, it's Willie. Good things he's done for us here. You skip ahead a little bit. song about very sweet. A, about a man that I, I feel like literally every musician respects. Can you imagine meeting someone who doesn't like Willie? That would be insane. I know. What a nightmare. Or like Dolly. Willie and Dolly, you can't dislike them. Exactly. You can't at all. I mean, that's such a sweet, wonderful song. I love hearing musicians admire each other, too. Same. One of my favorite things. Yeah. Uh, here's my question for you, Ryan. Uh-huh. Lightly related to this, you know, we're we're listening on Spotify right now. There's a couple artists, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, have left Spotify because yeah. of uh, their support of Joe Rogan and his misinformation. You know that he's potentially spreading about COVID, whatever. Uh, if what would kick, what, what would get you to leave Spotify? If Jimmy Buffett left Spotify, mm. would you consider leaving Spotify? Sure. I mean, yeah. Like, I think it would do it for me. If I think Jimmy so. left, I think I would leave Spotify. Listen, there are so many different streaming platforms out there. True. So many. Uh, Apple Music is great. I've used that before. Um, uh, uh, Pandora is pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's a ton out there. You don't need 
Spotify. And like I agree with the reasons that Neil Young and Me Joni too. Mitchell have left. Um, I don't think it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense for Spotify to be uh, uh, um, uh, supporting and protecting Joe Rogan as much as they are. Yeah. It's um, weird. <laughs> it is weird. It's super weird. Yeah. Like they, they paid, what, $200 million for him? And Jeez. they they make that in what? A couple days? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know? You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like what, what does it hurt them to say, hey, like, Let's just drop this. Yeah, that's you know? a good point. That's a really good point. Like for a company that big, the yeah. biggest streaming platform in the world, that's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's true. So yeah, if Jimmy decided to leave, I I would probably say okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I I can be done too. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So Jimmy, we're gonna leave it up to you. <laughs> yeah, balls in your we court. We're mindless buddy. consumers, but I would follow Jimmy as well. I would if too. He decided to leave, and I could see him doing that. I could too. Yeah, it could definitely. It depends on where it goes from here, but yeah, I can. Uh, if it gets worse, or if they actually do speak out or do anything different, so I don't know. Interesting thoughts. Yeah, there's a lot going on in terms of like just streaming and platforms and yeah. you know musicians' rights and stuff like that. So it's it's one of those things. It's still, you know, I, I feel like at this point in time, you know, the the record labels and the record industry has been around for long enough where. People can kind of, for the most part, navigate it. Yeah. Streaming has really only been around in earnest for 10 years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's still, I feel like, a lot of legwork that needs to be done to make it something where everybody feels like they have a seat at the table and everybody feels like they're uh, respected and heard, and I just don't think it's there yet. Yeah, that's true. And I got to give a lot of respect for people for staying on Spotify, even though we are on it. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast. Yes. This should be a deterrent from the entire platform. <laughs> you let this crap you on? Let them do this? How? <laughs> the amount of misinformation we've spread about Jimmy Buffett is insane. It is egregious. <laughs> it is egregious. Oh, oh my boy. God. Um, speaking of Buffett, do we have, I mean, I know we have Buffett news. We have Buffett news. I was going to say, should we do a, a light segment also of like uh, working at Radio Margaritaville updates? Sure. Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. We're on text threads with some of the DJs <laughs> and it gets wild. Yes. That's all I'll say. I believe we're on a text thread right now called uh, Sharks in Meat Suits. Yes, correct. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. We're getting to know Renee. We're getting to know JD. We're getting to know Gogo. And yeah. We know Kirsten as well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and Sarah. I met Sarah at the uh, the Red Rocks concert. Yes. There, it's truly a wonderful, nice group of people and a very fun family. Uh, JD called me out of the blue the other day <laughs> yeah, because we talked did. on air about uh, the person who made the James Webb telescope use the Jimmy Buffett lyric in a speech. And then he called me just like, hey, why don't I give you a heads up? Like, <laughs> J uh, Jimmy actually gave did a Zoom call with that guy, the chief engineer, That's so funny, and the family to support. I just thought that was fun. But I let you know, I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, you're my man. people, JD. <laughs> this is what I want. These are the calls I want." Yes, I don't yeah. need people trying to reach me out to me about my car's extended warranty. <laughs> I don't need that. I want JD telling me more facts about facts. <laughs> I I think we were talking a couple weeks ago about how great everybody at Radio Margaritaville is, 
and how strange everybody at Margaritaville is. Yes. And it, it just, it feels good to be a part of a collective of just really cool weirdos. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're we're at home. Yeah. We've, we've been two cool weirdos sitting out in my Snow White hut this whole time. <laughs> yes. Finally, we have family and community and we belong. Yes. It's so exciting. I, I, and I feel like our, our text thread is mainly for uh, Renee and Gogo just to go back and forth. It but is. it's very fun and to And we watch. want you guys to, if, if Renee and Gogo, by some crazy chance you guys are listening to this, we'd love for you to keep doing it. Yes. And we support you. Sometimes Absolutely. we don't respond, but we love you. We support it. It's we support great. it all the way. It's very <laughs> exciting. I'm hoping to meet a lot of them in person soon. Yeah, they're they're talking about uh, doing some sort of uh, team bonding type yes. event in the next couple months, which would be very exciting. We'll have to do a we'll have to do our own podcast episode live from there. Yes. If we get to do that. Yeah, that'll be yeah that'll crazy. be really fun. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Uh, Buffett news though. Yes. So that's a little. We'll do a little radio update every now and then. I love it. Um, Buffett news. I have this. Here's okay. the article. Warren Buffett tells shareholders to buy Jimmy Buffett's boat. Okay. In an annual letter sent Saturday, billionaire investor Warren Buffett urged Berkshire Hathaway shareholders to buy a boat designed by singer Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I will end this letter with a sales pitch, said Berkshire Hathaway CEO and Chairman Warren Buffett, 91 in the letter, which goes over the company's performance from 1965 through 2021. Jimmy Buffett has designed a pontoon party boat that is now being manufactured by Forest River, a Berkshire, Hathaway, a Berkshire subsidiary. The boat will be introduced on April 29th at our Berkshire Bazaar of Bargains. <laughs> <laughs> the event is only open to shareholders, and uh, yeah, they the shareholders get a 10% discount. Your bargain-hunting chairman will be buying a boat for his family's use, said Warren Buffett, who did not reveal the price of the pontoon. Join me. So so Jimmy is building a mass-market boat. Uh, yeah, he is building a pontoon boat that you can buy. So this is that's the big takeaway here. Jimmy Buffett is going to be selling... Boats. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. It, all, it makes perfect makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Checks out. He's selling boats. I want a boat. How, mu how much of a discount do you think we can get? Oh, man. I, well, I think we have to pay more for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys? Oh, jeez. No, price just went up. <laughs> yeah, we need to take out loser insurance. <laughs> 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 um, that you have talked about, you said one of your dreams in life is to one day own a boat. Yes, I do officially want to own a boat. Yeah. If it was Jimmy Buffett's pontoon. Would would you do like do you go for a pontoon boat? Do you go for like a speedboat, a sailboat? I think I would like I mean a pontoon has a motor on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would take a pontoon. A pontoon? Oh, if I have to. I'll take a pontoon. <laughs> a pontoon is a great party boat. It's a great, I mean, that's the whole thing is that I'm going to be wanting to go on a boat and I want to party. I want to yes. bring my friends out and I want to have a lot of fun. I would be interested in having a sailboat, but like, you know, I, on a bike ride yesterday, I was trying to leave and I uh, locked my own keys in my house oh, no. and I had to climb in. That's why my, my, uh. Uh, oh my, yes! Oh, my you screen broke on my in. window. I had to break into my own house. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I'm the kind of person that will get locked out of his boat, and I'll be in the middle of the ocean. I forgot to, you know, I'm I'm a sure. little absent-minded, and so yeah. I don't know if I would love to be alone in the middle of the ocean on a sailboat. We've read stories about Jimmy Buffett on sailboats, yeah. and it's quite scary. It's really scary. So I don't know. I think I'd like to stay around. I mean, I'd like to go a little bit out. Sure, but I don't want to travel. I mean, it would be a dream to travel from like Florida to. 
you know, Africa or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Across the whole ocean. Yes. That would be very exciting, but I don't think... I don't think that I would. So do a, that. a pontoon, I, I pontoon could, is perfect for me because that's basically a, a floating dock. Exactly. Yeah. Take the boat out. I mean, I already. I'm. I'm a biker. I have a rock climbing gym membership. Yeah. I go skiing on the weekends. I'll throw a boat in there. <laughs> Why not? I'm full of activities. Why not? I mean, I need ha- to get a good. I mean, it's like three thousand dollars for like one sailing class. Sure. So it's gonna take a minute. Now, okay. So h- how far away, realistically? Um, or, or not even realistically, but in like the list of things that you want to buy in your life. Say it's like you know a house. Uh, you want to invest. You want to uh, buy a boat. Like, where does buying a boat land in the list of priorities in terms of future big boy investments? First, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna buy a boat and store it in my yard <laughs> right now. No, I, I would, I would. It's going to be a minute. It's going to be a it's minute. It's going to be a long time. I feel like I could rent a boat for a little bit if I really needed to. But house, obviously, first. Mm-hmm. God, if I could own my own house, we're a ways away from that, and that yeah. would be a dream. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, yeah, house, maybe, like, just, like, nicer things. Just yeah. an over a general overhaul of nice things uh-huh. so that my house is a little nicer. What if we go halfsies on a boat? Oh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to go have these on a boat? Yeah, we'll go have these well, on a boat. Can we store it at your house? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, great. <laughs> we're well, in. Can, for the listener, both of us live in tiny houses. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you live really close to more people. Yeah. I live weirdly in the woods you yes. know, with my woodland creature friends. But Which brings up something. You should seriously have a hide a key out there. I should. There's nobody coming into your backyard ever. <laughs> There's no re- You could leave a key right there <laughs> in I the could. middle of the yard. Nobody would touch it. I should do it. a hide a key. I need to buy one of those fun little rocks. I'm worried about you. You shouldn't have to break into Yeah, I shouldn't break into my own house. That's a bummer. <laughs> It was a real bummer. Okay, good. I'll do that. Okay, so here's my priorities. Heideki, house, boat. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're doing next. Perfect. Okay, Okay, great. Excellent. All right, so we did it, I think. I think we also we need to mention uh, Jimmy is going back out on tour. Oh, that's Big Buffett News. Big Buffett News. He's going back out on tour, and he announced... Uh, just a week ago, maybe he's hitting Vegas again. He's doing Vegas. Yeah, we're trying to go out there with our dads. Yes. Yeah. I think that would be a blast. Uh, so I, fun. I told Bob Middledorf. Uh, I said, yeah, Jimmy's going to Vegas. Patrick and I are probably going to go. He's like, if you can get another ticket, I'm in. I will fly out there. I'll meet you. Huge. Yes. Huge. So we're we're gonna try and make that happen. So exciting! It'll be so nice to see Jimmy back in Vegas. Yes. Love that concert. We've yes. done that twice, right? Uh, you've done it I've twice. I've done it twice. I've, I've done, done it three it times. Three you've times, done it that's once. right. I've yeah, done it once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, October, I believe. Oh, my gosh. And us going back as DJs? Yeah. Let's see what we can get. Maybe we can do something <laughs> live from there. That would be fun. That would be really cool. That would be a lot of fun. That would so, be a blast. Uh, that's that news, and I think that's pretty much everything super pertinent. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for bearing with us in this, In this, you know, we're back. We're, we're back. We're back excited. We're excited. We got a lot to talk about. Yes. But we're talking about a really exciting thing. That uh, we that you actually bought a copy of me f- of for me yes which was so I was so grateful for I texted you you said you did not have it and mm-hmm. I uh, was shopping around one day and I saw they had two left I said I gotta get one for Patty huge on display until three twenty five twenty two so yep. you got a little bit more time actually to get it uh, you got about a month left it's the Life magazine Jimmy Buffett going strong in Margaritaville a pirate looks at seventy five. 
the songs, the vibe, the way of life, plus it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's the full title. <laughs> you got Jimmy with his six guitar picks in his mic stand, his beautiful guitar. Yep. A nice strip with some some tiki guys on it. Yeah. And he's just singing away. He's he's doing it. He's living his life. Having a blast. Having his, a blast. His wristbands, uh, wrist warmers are on. Um, I, I will say overall impressions of this magazine. I didn't know how much I would love it. Yeah, um, this is great. I don't know if I've ever bought another Life magazine. I don't think I have either. I always see them. Yeah, you know, and it's like, oh, Tom Selleck, the man, the mustache, <laughs> the legend, you know. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, but this one definitely. Spoke to us for very it's, obvious reasons. It, it's really good, and I was saying to Olivia last night, I said, I've seen, in my mind, I've seen every uh, publicly available photo of Jimmy Buffett, I think. This magazine has so many photos I've never seen in my life. So many fantastic photos. That's something I learned. Jimmy Buffett was friends with the photographer that took a lot of these photos as he was running around Yeah, uh, when he was younger, and... You got to be friends with, like, a cool photographer. Uh-huh. That's the key. I, I'm looking for more photography friends because uh, <laughs> it would be really fun to just have these, like, look at this one of him just, like, writing a yeah, song. sitting on a dock. Sitting on a dock, writing something out on a on a, uh, a legal pad. I, I tried to look so closely, I could not make out what that was. Uh, yeah, I can't read the lyrics. If anybody knows, it says, Pacagina Spazuzzi. <laughs> I, I don't think that's it. Is that... <laughs> I think it's Pekagina. <laughs> That's Gaguzzi? my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, you love that song. Pekagina Skaguzi. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Great song. Love the Zach Brown Band cameo on that one. Here's he, He's reading Ernest Hemingway in this one, which yep. I, I'm guessing happened a lot, wearing his newsy hat and a winter jacket. Yep. Raincoat. I mean, it's 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 really great. And then the, the, the way it's presented is basically like an abbreviated biography. You know? Yeah, it focuses a lot on I, I would say his early career up until like nineteen eighty, eighty five ish. Yeah. Um that's I would say the bulk of it. And then there are like there's probably like one chapter towards the end that focuses on, you know, life after all of the success in Margaritaville and stuff like that. But it's really about his early life, um, and him kind of discovering his sound. And the one thing or not the one thing, but one of the big takeaways from this magazine is that uh, and we've talked about this before, but Jimmy Buffett is like no other musician ever. Mm -mm. You know, he no is way. truly his own person. He carved out something completely his own that no one's really been able to emulate. Yeah. People have, you know, gotten close and, you know, definitely dipped their toes in, but he he has this corner of the music industry that is completely and inherently his. Yeah, and, and you know something that struck me too that they kind of talked about in this that you see as it happens is that he was just genuinely living his life, writing about what happened, and he tapped into you know this massive, massive fan base yeah. and these people that connected to him because they felt the same way, what was happening in the 70s, you know, the kind of roaming lifestyle, finding happiness shaking your life up and being happy you did things like that you know and i found me a home that song really resonates with me when i read this but it's really cool because he just was being himself and it attached and made him this kind of potential eventual superstar talking about what he saw around him and that was enough and yep. I, I thought that was so cool because people look at him now 
you know, a criticism of it, it could be like, you know, he does things for the, you know, for cash grabs. You have such a, right. an, an, an empire because he's a businessman. But it all started out of practical means and reasonable reasons and just doing the, you know, Occam's razor. The, the simplest solution is the right one, you know, like yep. just kind of reacting to what was going on. And it always took off. Yeah. And it, it talks a lot, too, about how his biggest influence as a kid was his grandfather. Yeah, yeah. His biggest influence as a kid. James Delaney, right? James Delaney. JD. JD. And um it really goes into detail there. They had a really sounds like an incredible relationship, super close, and it sounds like uh his grandfather was this seafaring kind of guy who really was able to uh ha- like carve out a really good life for himself. Uh, just kind of exploring. Yeah. And it sounds like his parents, at least early on, wanted Jimmy to go into, uh, you know, possibly like the the Navy or something like that because he had always had this, um, you know, like like in, in migration, he talks about this Caribbean soul he can barely control, and he wanted to do something like his grandfather, and his parents wanted him to, you know, do something uh, maybe a little more solid. Yeah. And he never did. And he just went towards this path that just made sense to him. Um and it's it's really incredible. I didn't realize how big of an influence his grandfather had on him. Yeah, that I I feel the same way. They talk a lot about that. I found there's a an article in one of these on page 13. I'll read it from from it right now, but it's uh I'll just read the top, but Jimmy had spent too much time with his grandfather to settle for a job behind a desk or to button up a Navy officer's uniform every day as his father hoped. Uh, his grandfather was his long John Silver, full of yarns about exotic islands and the high seas. Jimmy had witnessed the whole wonderful chaos of Mardi Gras and Mobile, the first city in the New World to indulge in the carnival celebration. He had swum 15 fathoms deep in the Gulf of Mexico with the Mobile Devilfish Skydiving Club. He defied his dad's wishes, fighting the forceful efforts of the nuns at the McGill Institute for Boys and the Catholic Church. The call of a wildlife drowned everything else out. He needed to see the world like his grandfather had. This is a Jimmy quote right here. I once read a great passage in the Commodore's story to the effect that if you ever grew up on a body of water, you know it's connected to another one. He said this in Rolling Stone in 1979. Uh, My grandfather, a sailing master, told me sea stories, tales about the Caribbean and how exotic it was. That was a lure. I grew up on Mobile Bay and I knew it would connect to white sandy beaches and palm trees, which don't exist around Mobile Bay. You know that you can gain the access if you have the courage and the spirit of adventure within you to get out on the water. It does link you to any other place. It's really, really incredible. I love that part in this uh, this magazine. It's like I, I feel like Jimmy is part of maybe the last generation of kids growing up that were inspired by like adventurers yeah you know what yeah, i mean for sure um it feels like his grandfather had like a very uh indiana jones-esque type of life i was gonna say yeah i you feel know? like yeah because he was obviously obsessed with indiana jones he had harrison ford cracking a whip in halloween <laughs> yes, and tijuana uh-huh. and that movie resonated with so many people because of that it was a retro it was like in the 40s yeah about old adventure stuff yeah and it clearly connected to the zeitgeist. What was yeah, like I feel like Jimmy was like the post cowboy era, pre spaceman era of 
kid yeah. that really grew up you know, respecting these adventurer types. Yeah. We don't have that as much. I'm sad. No. I loved the adventurer types. I was obsessed with that stuff. We don't really have that adventurer. Crypto type. bros. Oh, God. <laughs> the adventure of making up new money. Yes. <laughs> the uncharted territory of destabilizing the economy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. I'm a crypt. Indiana Jones, the Indiana Jones of the that's crypto right. bro. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The Raider of the Lost Dogecoin. <laughs> So excited, guys. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, that was a very great. interesting uh, chapter. They also talk about his time at Billboard, which we've only heard about very briefly. Yes, very, very briefly. I loved that. Love that. And um, talks about how once he decided to kind of go out on his own, Billboard, you know, of course couldn't keep him, but it talks about the, uh, they gave him a nice little review. I'm just reading this from the magazine. Uh, Billboard couldn't keep him on now that he was an active singer-songwriter, but the publication kindly called Down to Earth, his first uh, his, his first album, a quote-unquote strong debut, and wrote that Buffett could make it big. His old employer got the make it big part right, chock full of country folk gyms, the LP stiffed. Stiffed? Yeah, stiffed. Stiffed. It bad. It did bad. Yep. In a town famous for cookie-cutter country, Buffett came out with an album that took swipes at Christianity, racism, and the war on drugs. And that was just the first three tracks. You know, they do say, actually, in the first page, specifically speaking of Down to Earth, they say his album, Down to Earth, reportedly sold 324 copies when it was first pressed. (laughs) Though some claimed it moved 374. Uh Uh-huh. So there's an uncounted, you know, 50 in there. Yep. Somebody was like, no, I sold 50 more. (laughs) No, I sold 50 more. There's 50 more out there. Yeah, so uh, it, it's very, very interesting. You know, I will say, should we play some music as we're going through this? Let's some do of our it. Favorites? Let's do it. You know, I think this one, one that encapsulates everything we've talked about thus far is Captain and the Kid. Yes. From Down to Earth, because that is definitely uh, a song that continues to come back. Yeah, it does. His his most recurring song. I think you're right. Yeah, it feels like it. So this is Captain and the Kid from Down to Earth, the very first version of the song. Let's do it. I never used to miss the chance To climb upon his knee And listen to the many tales Of life upon the sea we go sailing back on barking teams we talk of things he did Tomorrow just a day away For the captain and the kid His world had gone from sailing ships To raking mom's backyard Never could adjust to land Although he tried so hard We both were growing older then And wiser with the years That's when I came to understand The course's heart still steers 
Um, the, the magazine talks about this song, uh, this excerpt says, uh, but the album also teased the talents of an introspective songwriter. Side one closed with one of Buffett's most personal songs, The Captain and the Kid. Almost a decade before Son of a Son of a Sailor immortalized his grandfather, Jimmy had written his first tribute to James Delaney Buffett. Uh, the Captain and the Kid eulogized his idol with a tender earnestness. Quote, uh, I never used to miss a chance to climb up on his knee, listen to the many tales of life upon the sea. He sang looking south to the Gulf of Mexico. And then it goes on to say, inside of two years, Buffett declared the Nashville experiment a failure. Yep. He got divorced, went broke, and his label never released his already recorded second album, High Cumberland Jubilee. The company claimed they had lost the tapes, but after the LP miraculously surfaced in 1976, after Buffett had scored his first top 40 hit with Come Monday. So the label, which I didn't realize, we might have talked about before, but I don't think so. So after the success of Come Monday, his previous label said, oh, let's release this album we quote-unquote lost. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's like when you see like a, a really bad movie pop up on Redbox that somebody <laughs> shot. After yes. they're in a like a Hunger Games, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I didn't know Liam Hemsworth made this movie about uh, being allergic to chocolate, <laughs> <laughs> and it's an action film from the, in the future. Uh, yeah, it, it's really interesting. I didn't know that either. I, yeah. I, I, I think we talked about how it was lost for a little bit, right? And then it was found, but I didn't know that it was lost until he was successful. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really interesting. And then I wonder uh, if that's what's going to happen to me. <laughs> I'm hoping. Here's hoping all my stuff gets found. <laughs> yes. You're going to find like a box of old scripts. This guy was a genius. <laughs> this guy was a genius. Uh, there's a quote from Jimmy. Uh, I hated Nashville, he told Rolling Stone in 1975. It's too closed and incompetent. There's a lot of nepotism. I was sick of it, so I moved to Key West. Uh, and then it goes on to say, but his time in the country music mecca had proved a few things. Buffett could tell a hell of a story in a song, and he was dedicated to a life devoted to doing just that. Well, yeah, that brings me to the point where he's clearly a musician to the people, right? Yes. He's like, he's always, always, always somebody who is writing music that people can resonate with, but critics are... are trying to pin into one corner yeah like but everyone he's he's a people's favorite and uh i was gonna say one of my favorite things i read was they talk about why don't we get drunk Mm -hmm. which was on a white sport coat and a pink crustacean they talk a lot about and they also mention a lot about uh the parrot head handbook that jimmy buffett uh, Mm -hmm. was part of which we should probably read yeah to get more information but he says about that song the song was written as a piece in total satire when i did my first album in nashville I was hearing a lot of very suggestive country songs, in particular Conway Twitty's Let's Go All The Way. I figured I would write a song that would have leave no doubt in anybody's mind. I thought back to a late night in an Atlanta diner where I was eating and, and, and watching this out-of-focus businessman trying to pick up a hooker. That's the inspiration I needed. <laughs> we knew that story. We yep. loved that story. Uh, but it goes on, and later, uh, this album... Uh, didn't do super great. They winked at the adult contemporary charts, two songs, Great Filling Station Hold Up and Great Fruit Juicy Fruit, uh, but they both missed Billboard's Hot 100 completely. He'd already uh, seemed to know, though, that he was reaching his audience because they say thousands of fans made Why Don't We Get Drunk a hit one dime at a time. The music industry and entrenched establishment didn't have much use for Buffett's breezy pop-folk country rock hybrid, but fans found Why Don't We Get Drunk on the B-side of the Great Filling Station Hold, bo- hold Up via jukeboxes. In mm. 1973, 
Billboard reported that more than 50,000 copies of the B-side had been sold to jukebox owners. Buffett only leaned into the controversy of a song that was then deemed too blue for airplay. Uh, which is, it, it's so funny because they go on a little bit after this. They say a year later he landed a Nashville showcase for booking agents. Good news. Uh, the bad, he had to follow red-hot funk outfit The Commodores. <laughs> which and that was Lionel Richie. So to prepare himself to compete with Lionel Richie and his brilliant bland bandmates, the guitarist Roger Bartlett started drinking. Buffett took the tequila to the stage and spent most of his allotted time crowing genuinely about how terrific the Com- Commodore set had been. With a few minutes left, he and Bartlett busted into a rousing rendition of Why Don't We Get Drunk. This is a quote from him. And we got just as many goddamn bookings as they did, <laughs> which is, of course. But I- that's like, to me, this is the original TikTok. Yes, he made you're like right. this like viral song. This yeah. song went viral via jukeboxes. That's so crazy. It's crazy. It's so funny. It's I feel like he's told a version of that story um, on uh, uh, one of the live tracks we play on Radio Margaritaville. I feel like I've yeah. heard a version of that before, uh, but to 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 read the entire thing was was really interesting. I want to pose a question to you. Do you think? Um, in terms of history, that Jimmy Buffett will go down as more of like like a, a, a an Ernest Hemingway, Mark Twain type than a like full on musician type. Like reading this, like a poet, like a poet, like reading yeah. this, they really paint him, which we've talked about a bunch, as a storyteller. And then it got me thinking about like his legacy. And the fact that most musicians don't write songs the way that he does, and yeah. they don't sing songs the way that he does, like yeah. he really feels to me like a an author who became a musician as opposed to a musician that became an author. Yeah, that's I I really see that. I mean, he really has a very thoughtful literary bent to all of his music and that's why we respond so much to it we love his melodies we love his guitar music and and we love what he can do but we also just always connect to his lyrics uh to answer your question i would say mark twain didn't sell pontoon boats (laughs) (laughs) now if mark twain did sell like a riverboat if there was like a a, a mark twain brand huck finn raft (laughs) while he was alive I think that would staple his if uh-huh. he, if he was that much of an <laughs> adventurist and a, 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 that much of a salesman businessman. I'd be buying my uh, you know if he was selling Tom Sawyer fences, yes. you know, <laughs> maybe you know. I suppose I did leave out the whole businessman aspect yeah, of yeah. Jimmy's career. <laughs> it, yeah, Ernest Hemingway selling elephant hunting rifles. You know what I mean? Like if that was happening, <laughs> Ernest Hemingway had his own bourbon. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> If that was happening, that would change the whole thing. Uh-huh. We don't have the business aspect. It's hard to say. As a musician, I I think that has personally been the hardest thing to convince people of. Yes. That he is a very clever and thoughtful and brilliant writer. Right. That people see him as the Margaritaville guy. But I actually want to speak to that because they talk about Margaritaville uh, in depth in this. And it's so funny because... Uh, there is a very specific. Let me see if I can find it. There's a very specific thing they they kind of analyze Margaritaville in a really cool way, where they uh they go back and forth on exactly what. Oh, here we go. Um, 
so th- I loved this. So let me see. So okay, so so uh, this is really interesting to me. Measured against his past work, Margaritaville might, by a music critic's lights, be considered average. At first blush, the song lacks the emotional punch of He Went to Paris. It misses the sly wit of pencil-thin mustache. The escapism doesn't stack up to a minor masterpiece such as Ten Cup Chalice from A1A. Love this writing. I, yeah. oh, well, this is how I, how I understand it. Uh, Buffett himself has expressed surprise at its enduring success. When asked at all places... Of at all places, a 2012 Nevada gaming control board meeting. If he had any idea of the true, re- it would reach immortality. Buff responded like any beach bum would. It's been a pretty good song, but no, it was written in five minutes about a hot day in Austin, Texas, with a margarita and a beautiful woman. I finished it in Key West. I had no idea. And then they say about the song, Margaritaville relies on an artistic sleight of hand where the complicated is made simple. A standard country ballad sung with a twang. The song goes tropical by layering in percussion flutes and recorders. A straightforward tale of happy, drunken detours into melancholy as the protagonist looks for someone to blame for his loneliness, only to settle on the fact that he's he's the cause. Margaritaville works because it packs a lifetime of emotions into a curiously orchestrated, wonderfully catchy drinking song. And I'm gonna go even farther. And uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is my church moment. Okay. This is my preaching. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Righteous Gemstones, so this is me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not corrupt or anything, but what I will say is, you say this is a, a, a some popular, easy breezy nothing song. This is a three and a half minute song with a full character arc yeah this person goes through revelations and changes and realizes the errors of his ways while being at rock bottom you could argue that at the end of this song he figures out stuff that a therapist couldn't even help him get to Uh he realizes that he's the root of his own problems and he's the reason he is where he is and you see hope for him because he has come to a personal realization so this song is deep this song is interesting. This song is very, 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 very thoughtful and well-written and in a way yeah. that people don't get credit for. So I love the praise of Margaritaville in this, and mm-hmm. I'm going to pass out because I don't know what I just channeled. <laughs> he's, he's an incredibly gifted storyteller. Yeah. Incredibly gifted. Where, like, to him, this feels like a song that he just kind of, oh, like, it is what it is. You know, it's like a throwaway thing that turned out to be a hit. Right. Um. People don't accidentally do that. No, they <laughs> you know? don't. They don't. And it's it, it's just interesting because, you know, the chorus is the same and then it changes at the end. And so it's like it's revolutionary in the way that uh, there's an evolution in going on going on in the song. Yes. And I think that there's other songs at the time. Oh, that's what I wanted to, to bring up to you. And I wanted to hear some of these songs. OK, uh-huh, yeah. because they talk about uh, it, it. It did not make. The top 10, it was the 14th most popular song of the year in 1977. And it said they, it, it, uh, uh, it says in the same, in the time since it has outlived much of its competition. See long forgotten 1977 top 10 nuggets such as Hot's Angel in Your Arms and Kenny Nolan's I Like Dreamin'. I want to hear these songs. Great. I don't know these songs. I don't either. I've never heard of these I songs. I want to hear, uh, yeah, Angel in Your Arms by, by Hot. Hot. Okay. Let's hear that one. Let's see what beat Margaritaville in 1977. Excellent. Here I gotta go. know. Angel in your arms. Angel by in your arms. Hot. Here we go. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! 
such a fool to believe everything you say is true that just goes to show that you really don't know while you're out painting the town do you think i'm home just sitting around waiting on you now who's really the fool That's a deep song, too. That's pretty deep. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, hot. Okay, so maybe All 1977, hot. there was some deep music. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but, but there's no way. We got one more to listen there's to, There's no though. way that I Like Dreamin' by Kenny Nolan is deep. The angel in your arms this morning is going to be the devil in someone else's arms tonight. I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty good, hot. That's pretty good. All right, I see you, hot. I see you, hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kenny Nolan, I like dreaming. Let's see what you're we up, got. pal. Let's also, see what was so this, much look better. Look at this album cover. <laughs> oh wow, look at that guy. <laughs> look at this. You guy. can catch him somewhere in Burbank. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. He's playing at the Smokehouse for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is Kenny Nolan's "I Like Dreaming." One of the songs that beat Margaritaville in 1977. Let's check it out. No, like it's it's a fine song, but I'm not gonna go out and buy an I like dream and frozen concoction maker. No way. Uh-uh. I'm not sitting on an I like dream and hammock. No, no I actually uh-uh. would. I actually would. I like dreaming. A hammock that says I like dreaming. That's maybe a better hammock than a Margaritaville hammock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So they're fine. They're fine. They're fine songs. We're not the pickiest people, to be honest. No, we're not. So we kinda like most things. <laughs> 
So I don't know what I was thinking when we were. I'm just trying to defend my guy, my song. Sure, you know? sure, 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 sure. That's fine. I mean, it's it's very light. It's very easy. I can see why that would be a song that people would want to listen to for their honeys. You know, I, I think our song, Margaritaville, yeah. is it's about a heartbreak. It's about yes. being broken. It's about introspection. But it's it's so funny how it's such a turnoff for so many people. Yeah, it is. You know? It's polarizing. It's polarizing because on the surface, it sounds hokey. It sounds silly. Yeah. Their but argument. Yes, but it's it's not. Yeah. Um, And also... I feel like it's it's also a turn off the fact that it is a brand. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um. I mean, it, and I think we've we've talked about this before. Are there any other songs or musicians that have been able to capitalize on their own success as much as Jimmy has? It it remains to be seen. I don't think I don't think as much. I mean, I would say Elvis. But he sure. didn't really capitalize on it when he was alive. Right, right. His estate did. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't I don't see that happening in a big way. I mean, you got No Shoes Nation sure. making a run for the money. Sure. But I I I don't know. And and I guess there's, you know, Dave Matthews band, and I guess there's there's the there's the fanship people, the fish people. Yeah, but in terms of a brand, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you say Margaritaville. And pretty much everyone will know what you're talking right. to an extent. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, is that a detriment to Jimmy, do you think? Or is that... No, I don't think it is. I yeah. think to his fans... Here's the thing. Everybody has opinions about things they know nothing about, uh-huh. right? That's like the age of where we live in. So yeah. I think we all have... We probably have thoughts. We have things that we've talked about where it's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But the more you know something, the more you know how nuanced something is. Yeah. But if you don't know what something is, you, you there's no way for you to know that it's nuanced. So people just uh, lightly, they don't feature it. They don't give any brain space to Jimmy Buffett. And so they make these generalizations about it that don't exist and mm-hmm. that aren't real. And it's like if you look a little more into it, it's so rewarding and it's such a nice the brand is cool. Everything is so charity focused in the parrot head world. Yeah. Uh, you know, the attire, the lifestyle communities, if you don't want to subscribe to them, you don't have to. And no one's asking you to. Right. That's the big thing about Margaritaville stuff. Everyone's like, you don't like it. OK, bye. And, and what's interesting, too, is based on reading this magazine, it seems like this mentality that Margaritaville has cultivated was already on its way without the song. Yeah. You know? I he think was so. already kind of making a name for himself without the success of the song. This song just sort of catapulted it to an entirely new level. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to bring that up too because there's something really interesting that I thought they talked about. And just going into the specifically the point of making you know a place to sell his merch yes you know I, yeah you have this right there i yeah. i have um oh gosh where is it it's on page 65 there's a story there's they they kind of divide it into you know feeding frenzy there's a whole section about his fanship and parrot heads um there's there's this pull quote um it says uh they want a great cheeseburger and a margarita, so I'm not going to give them sushi. I'm going to give them what they came for. Yeah. And that is his whole ethos. Exactly. And it's always simple. It's He's he's provided something that people want, and he gives it to them. That's yeah. always what he's done. 
He says, Buffett often tells his audience, remember, I am spending your money foolishly, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean he wants other people to spend his flock's money foolishly. Buffett never liked the cheap shirts people sold to his fans, especially when they spelled his name Buffet. So in the mid-1980s, he opened a t-shirt shop in Key West, which then expanded into the Margaritaville Cafe. A lifetime ago, he had taken a business class in college. He didn't remember much from it, but the law of supply and demand stuck with him. Uh, and so I, I think... It is very cool because he uh, he seemed to provide it out of a need. People wanted yeah. the shirts. People were buying the shirts. So he said, I guess I'll just make them. Yeah. I think what's really funny is uh, he says this later. Uh, you know, this is the infamous Chi-Chi's lawsuit, which I love. <laughs> In 1983, Tex-Mex chain Chi-Chi's tried to trademark the term Margaritaville. Buffett's legal team argued that the singer and song were synonymous, something any parrot head could have told you without the courtroom deliberations. Buffett, Buffett prevailed in court. Margaritaville was his and his alone. I want that movie. Yes. I want the Few Good Men Margaritaville <laughs> copyright lawsuit. I want the American Crime Yes, American Crime Story Margaritaville. Yes. American. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. I've... We've talked about this. Uh, I've been watching Yellowstone recently. Yeah. And the guy that plays Casey, let me pull up his name so everyone can do a quick Google. Um, this guy is a dead ringer for a young Jimmy Buffett. His name is uh, 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 Luke Grimes. Luke Grimes, look him up. He look looks him like up. a young Jimmy. He looks like a young Jimmy. He looks great. I, we got to use him, and we got to use him in that movie. Yes, That's I want to see that real bad. Yeah, I do too. We we gotta play Margaritaville. We've we gotta been talking do it. about it. Let's do it. Let's do, do a little it. Margaritaville. And let's think about the depth, you know. Yeah. So everyone, like, listen for once, okay? Listen for once. <laughs> take it off of your autopilot. Really focus it and take it in as an experience. Yeah. We're, pull the car over. Yeah. Pull, I don't care if you're on the freeway. Pull the car over. Tell pull. your kids to shut up. That's right. Here we go. Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Strumming my six strings on my front porch swing Smell those shrimp there
deep. Everything's happy. He's upset. He's in, yes. he's in paradise, but his life is hell. Yes, and I I, I want to speak a little bit more just to the, to the Margaritaville aspect of everything. Um, there's uh, they talk about this a lot in the magazine. There's this quote that I took a picture of that I love from Jimmy that says, "I'm going to survive no matter what." Yeah, where so much of his life and his brand it seems has been built out of necessity. Yeah. Where like the t-shirt thing, like, oh, they're selling these to, well, I'm just going to make my own t-shirts. Radio Margaritaville, he wasn't getting play on the regular radio, so like, I'll make my own radio station. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. He just was constantly looking out for himself and he was looking out for the people that supported him. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I've heard that too. The reason they started Radio Margaritaville was because people would say, oh, I, I caught your concert, or I wish I could hear it live, or whatever, and that's when it started, where he's like, oh, I, I want to get my show to the fans. Yeah. Because they, they couldn't make the show. So uh, I think that's incredible. I, I wanted to bring this up. Uh-huh. Speaking of Margaritaville, here's, here's what I love. His old producer, Norbert Putnam, once said, Margaritaville wasn't a song, it was a movie. Somewhere along the way, that idea stuck in Buffett's brain. By the early 80s, he was working up a script. Production was supposed to start in 84, then in 85. In 1986, the script had been written and revised again and again and again. The years passed, nothing happens. Well, not nothing. And then they talk about, you know, how it turned into Jollymon and mm-hmm. his Tales from Margaritaville. There is a Margaritaville script out there. We've talked about this before. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do a concerted effort to find the Margaritaville screenplay. Yeah. We need it. Yes. I need to read this. There I'll has to be buy a copy. It. Where do you think it is? It's 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 got to be at some studio, right? It has to be. It's got to be sitting around at some studio in some file cabinet or on some drive somewhere. It's got to be in a file. Yeah. If you have access to the Margaritaville screenplay and you haven't talked to us, you got to let us know. We will travel to go read it. We'll we'll read it. We'll wear gloves like yes. it's an old ancient artifact. <laughs> yes. We'll dust it. We'll look under a microscope or uh-huh. we'll do a little microfiche like an old timey. <laughs> computer at a library (laughs) we'll do whatever we need to do to see this but we need to see this we need to see it um yeah it's it's out there it's out there it's out it's out there that was do you think that i mean do you think in our lifetime we'll see a jimmy buffett biopic okay here's the thing Uh uh-huh i've been thinking a lot about this i've been looking into this i've been reading about this and this is you know I want to make a formal pitch. Okay. I am a screenwriter. I'm a movie writer. Yes. I work very hard. Yes. I have in my mind a full pitch for a Jimmy Buffett biopic. Yes. And I think I could be the one to write it. Yes. I think I need to be. Yes. Okay. So I know that there's other people, but I, in my mind, here's my pitch for the Jimmy Buffett biopic I want to make. Okay. I want to make it about trademarked. Oh yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Give us the broad, broad strokes. The broad strokes is we focus on his years from leaving Nashville. Like, basically, the first scene is we're seeing him loading up his car with Jerry Jeff. Yes. Driving down to Key West. Yeah. And then what we see is everything between, like, 72, 73 to 77. Uh-huh. We see his, his fucking around in Key West. Yeah. And I actually think this could be a, a, a TV show. Ooh, okay. Where we just see his experiences. We see 1970s Key West, and we see what he does every day, and he writes music. Because he has the type of life where he lives it, and he meets somebody, and he goes, and he writes a song. So it's him living his life. It's very uh, not glamorous. It's uh-huh. like it's, it's, it's 
you know, working on his shrimp boat, going to write songs at night, but we see him partying and we're focusing on the good times. Uh-huh. We're focusing on the sad. We're focusing him him getting out of his divorce, him meeting Jane. We're focusing all of that. That's what we see. And then it ends with the creation of Margaritaville. I love that. See, that's my pitch. That- if you're listening and you're a big film guy, this this or girl, uh-huh. This is the movie I want to make. Yeah, I think I can do this. I want to be the one to make the Jimmy Buffett biopic. I'm saying it right now. Take control of your own destiny. I'm going to take control of my own destiny. I'm pulling a page out of Jimmy's book. I see a need. Yes. I see a desire. I see a want. And I want to provide. It would do well. It would do very well. I write movies. I can't talk about any of the things I have in development because they'll probably all go away. Right. But I am working. Yes. I'm a working uh, writer. Think about, I mean... The the Parrothead fan base is so massive, there's no way that this couldn't be a success. And and I'm going to just be completely honest. I think you have to make movies that are successful that appeal to young people, and that's what makes it a big deal. Yes. this we're, It's ripe for 1970s, like, hot people. Uh-huh. It's going to be hot people. <laughs> it's going to be hot people playing around on boats yeah. and, and drinking and having fun and some heartbreak along the way. Uh-huh. It's That's the version of the Jimmy Buffett lifestyle that people don't know a ton about. Right. Because they always see it as dad rock. Yeah. But if, if, it's li- if it's alive, if it's visceral, if it's happening right now, and you see these people like being young and sexy, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. This Jimmy Buffett biopic is going to be sexy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's the pitch. That's your elevator pitch. That's right. <laughs> This is it. And I think it could be really good. I, or TV show. So, okay. So, I mean, uh, Paramount Plus. Yep. Uh, HBO Max. We know that HBO Max, as a corporation, listens to this podcast. So, yes. <laughs> they listen to it in all of their all hands meetings. Uh huh. Yeah. Everybody get in here. The new Parrothead podcast is out. This one is two hours. <laughs> Clear your schedules. <laughs> We got to hear what these guys are up to. This is it. That's my pitch, guys. Yeah. If anybody's listening, I want to make this movie, and you're, I'm copywriting it right here, right now. Yes. You shouldn't give stuff away like this. I don't do this on Twitter, but I can do it on recording. Needs to be made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needs this to happen. Uh, the, the date right now is February 27th, 2022, the year of our Lord. Um, yep. It is, it is uh, cemented. This idea was born here today in your cottage. Hell yeah. You got to make it. It's going to happen, guys. And if it's not me, I do hope we see a Jimmy Buffett biopic. I think we'll see like a Frank Marshall Uh uh, Jimmy Buffett documentary. Yeah, sure. And I think we'll see that in the next few years. And I think it'll be great because Frank Marshall just did the Bee Gees documentary. And he's been a longtime good friend of Jimmy Buffett. I think that's without a doubt going to happen. He played with Jimmy at the Belly Up show. He did. (laughs) He did. It was amazing. Ooh, account services is giving me a call. Oh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm gonna say. Uh, uh, yeah, that's my big pitch. But I, I, I would like to be involved in the creation of the film. That's um, all I want to say. Can we get a cameo? I would like to be the cameo. Yes, I would like to be like the inverse of the cameo of his Jurassic World. So it's like in the bar where two crazy harried bartenders who place margaritas in front of them yes okay great yeah, we're stressed out we're the two people that go like hey have this margarita yes where we just look sticky we just look sticky yeah yeah uh-huh. that's the point <laughs> it's gonna be uh, the cameo that we're gonna be credited as two sticky margarita men <laughs> it's gonna be really good okay i'm into it I'm okay into it. 
Well, we've talked about, I think, a lot about our favorite things in here. Do you have any final things you want to bring up? Any final thoughts? Um, there is a fantastic, uh, well, okay, so so two things. There is a section here on um, on the Big Eight. Yes, I love that. We should discuss that. Yes, so uh, this excerpt, uh, in 1985, when Jimmy Buffett released his best of package, Songs You Know by Heart, he added a wink in the subtitle, which I didn't realize there was a subtitle to this album. Yeah. But it was Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits, and the S was uh, in parentheses. Oh. Nodding to the fact that the singer-songwriter had released a boatload of singles, but only Margaritaville made the top ten. While Margaritaville remains the stairway to heaven, his bohemian rhapsody, Buffett has a treasure chest full of songs. Parrotheads know by heart. Uh, and then it goes on to mention that there are some songs uh, that have become uh, newer Big Eight adjacent staples, which I feel validated in this little excerpt from this magazine. Me too. We've, We've talked about, about this. this for a long time. They bring up um, Son of a Son of a Sailor. Uh, 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 it's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, pencil thin mustache, even knee deep. Um, uh, one particular harbor. Uh, so I think I'm making a call right now. It is officially time to not amend the Big Eight, but add to it and revise. I think we need a Big Twelve. A Big Twelve. I think we officially need You're to rename. We need to rename. We need to rebrand. The Big 12, I'm calling it. I'm not saying what it's going to be, what it needs to be, but I think we need to take a serious look at the catalog and add to this list of staples. Do you think we're going to need to change the term big? Do we want to do, like, uh, you know, a new phrase for it? Ooh. um, What would that be? You know, my first thought was 12 you know by heart. 12 you know by heart, that's really good. We can call that 12 you know by heart. I like that. That would be my thought. 12 you know by heart. 12 you know by heart because it, you know, it, it connects. It connects yeah. to what we already have. Sure. I, I think you're right. I think there's enough for, a, for it to be 12. What's so funny about that is that a, a concert song list is like 25, right, usually? Yes. Uh-huh. So that's very, very funny to me that we are like half the concert. We know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, but that's always been the case, and that's yes. why we—that's why I relate Jimmy Buffett to transcendental meditation. Yes, because you—you uh, you, uh, get lost in it. Um, I love that. So yeah, that—that's what I'm saying. I think it's time to take a second look at that. The other thing I wanted to bring up there is a page in this magazine that talks about the. Uh, different uh types of merch that have come out over the years oh the, yeah the uh different uh cash grabs to a certain extent on some things um there is one called the ruby margarita did you see this i saw this this okay. is crazy in 2017, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the release of Margaritaville, Buffett's restaurants offered a $19.77 ruby margarita served in a souvenir blender cup, rubies being the traditional 40th anniversary gift. One location, JWB Prime Steak and Seafood in South Florida, may have gone overboard. Its 1,977 ruby margarita came in a party-sized batch for up to eight and included a Margaritaville frozen concoction maker, Margaritaville beverage dispenser, Margaritaville party tub, and eight Margaritaville margarita glasses to take home. Crazy. So I want to revise what I was saying earlier. I'll buy the 
1977 margarita, yes. and then a house, and then a boat. Okay, great. Okay, great. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Beautiful. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, and then the key is last. And the, the key, key is key last. Is last. Okay. I just am so busy. Y- you don't have this time. This is not going to happen. You do not have time. I did want to bring up also the one final thing for me is uh, this account of the Jamaica Mistaka. Yes. And I loved it. This actually starts the entire Which is kind of wild. It's great. <laughs> I love who whoever put this together. I really love them. Really fantastic writing. Really great writing, really enjoyable. Just want to read this. It was January 16, 1996, and Buffett was looking to jump from his 40s to his 50s with some more high adventure. At the time, Powell had been working for Buffett, his pilot, for nearly a decade. He piloted planes alongside him and managed repairs, routing, and other flight logistics. Uh, He says, Jimmy was saying, come on, let's go have fun. They were going to go with Bono and Bono's family and Island Records founder Chris Blackwell on a quick island hop for authentic jerk chicken. He said he didn't want any part at the point. I felt responsible, so I decided not to go. Uh, He didn't go. Buffett made the fun choice. Powell made the safe one and avoided getting shot at. The flight went fine, but the seas were, in fact, too rough to land at a planned location. So Buffett flew to a spot off the coast of Negril on the western end of the island. The police were there, thought the plane was running drugs, and while Buffett was taxiing, it opened fire, unloading dozens of rounds and hitting the plane seven times, shattering the windshield and damaging the fuselage. People dove for cover. It was chaos. I don't know how we came through it. Bono said after the ideal, I don't know how we came through it. These boys were shooting all over the place. I felt as if we were in the middle of a James Bond movie, only this was real. Uh, which is so funny to me. Uh, with bullet holes, Bono, and being confused for a pirate, not a bad adventure for someone looking at 50. Very, very, very fun. He's he's a storyteller that also lives his own stories. He does. Which is, it's amazing. Yeah, and also like living is enough is what I get from Jimmy as mm-hmm. well. You know, yep. like living your life and going through what's going on and then just reflecting on that is enough for the fancifulness. Yeah. And I think, because we, we already have crazy lives, potentially. I'm going to write a song called Bird That Visits Me In My House. <laughs> People are going to love it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, any final thoughts, Ryan, on this whole thing as a whole? Final thoughts on the whole thing as a whole. <laughs> I loved this magazine. I, I I would say it's less of a a magazine and more of a uh, a, a short story, more of like yeah. a a mini book. Um, it's really fantastic. You can still get through March, the end of March. You can, yeah, and you can probably find it online as well. Yeah, so. Go check it out. Uh, really, you know, anywhere that sells life magazines, it is worth picking up. If anything, for the photos alone, um, one last thing speaking of photos, maybe my favorite part of this magazine is I'm going to show it right now to you, Patrick. This photo of Jimmy, he has binoculars around his neck and a camera around his neck. He looks like a uh, like like a photographer, he looks like a straight up like old school photographer, and is him reacting to the space shuttle launch at Kennedy Space Center uh, in 1981. He looks so happy, so excited, so in awe of what he's seeing, and um, you know, it just paints the picture even further uh, uh that he is this massive space nerd, which I love so much. So, um, on the whole. This is fantastic. You got to go pick it up. Um, it's great for any parrot head. And even as someone who might be a parrot head Jimmy Buffett skeptic, I would say this is a great thing to read as a really solid introduction to Jimmy. Yeah, ditto. It's an easy read, too. It is. It's a really nice, enjoyable read. Uh, good to grab your coffee, sit outside, 
Uh, I actually threw on Songs You Don't Know by Heart as I read this, and I felt like it helped me. It was a nice... A nice tone for reading it because it's very reflective and sweet, and it isn't like all roses, you know. It 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 doesn't like, it isn't a total total puff piece, but it's obviously about him and it's yeah. about his life. But it, it shows some other aspects that are fun and difficult and interesting, and uh, something we've always loved about Jimmy is that he's he's never he's never pretending to be anything he isn't, which is why we love him. Yep, so, exactly. Uh, list, go go pick it up wherever you can and enjoy it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's great. Um. And so great being back on the podcast. Absolutely. Like Patrick mentioned, we're going to get back into the swing of things. Uh, so you'll see some more episodes coming out very soon. So until next week, let's see if we remember. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Have a great week. Wait. Oh, no. Oh, you say. Oh, I'm made for Marley Bone. I'm St. Charles, Tennessee. There we go. Have, Have a great, great week. week. Meet, Meet you at the end. end. Bye-bye. Hello. Oh, Felt come on. Good. Like an old shoe. <laughs> Sean Connery, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I was in, I was in the <laughs> airplane. Some folks say that I've got the perfect life. Three swell kids, lots of toys, and a lovely wife. I fly. I sail, I throw caution to the wind Drift like a stratus cloud above the Caribbean But every now and then The dragons come to call Just when you least expect it, you'll be dodging cannonballs. I've seen too much not to stay in touch with a world made of love and luck. I got a big suspicion about ammunition. I never forget to duck. Come back, come back, back to Jamaica. Don't you know? I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrow's will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. I'm balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>